by the time you hear this podcast, hopefully you would have lived what you learned. Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we are back with our 52nd episode. So definitely a year's worth. At least. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So um, thank you to everyone who's been listening so far. Um, Yeah, we definitely appreciate it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you want to tell someone how they can find our podcast, you can first go to our website, which is at by the time you hear this dot com. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, you can also find us on social media, facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. Now, the website and the Facebook page are both spelled with the word you if you're typing in the URL. And if you want to get with this on our social media fancy social media Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you can go to our facebook page uh excuse me not our facebook page well you can go to our facebook page but with our instagram page that's the fancy one (laughs) uh by the time you hear this spelled with the letter u because we're upstanding yes and we might not have to say that for much longer yeah fingers crossed (laughs) (laughs) um the new chief of staff is coming to get us um Uh, 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 is that him stop <laughs> um so it's spelled with the with the letter u on instagram and that's the same spelling for our email address by the time you hear this at gmail.com you could send us your questions comments concerns um if you're an independent artist we will play your music because mm-hmm. uh, as you've listened to our last several episodes we've all but gone away with the indie instagrammer of the week <laughs> we might bring it back we were not satisfied. Maybe. <laughs> we are not easily impressed. No. <laughs> um, but we won't charge you, though. 
Mm-mm. Still won't charge you. Um, and uh, if you want to tell someone how they can listen to our podcast, there are several ways that can be done. You can go, uh, you can follow us on Podomatic. There's also Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Auto Radio, Overcast, Castbox, Satchel Podcast Player, and TuneIn Radio. And did I say Auto Radio already? Yeah. I've already forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> um, or I could just use um, one thing I remember Mike Jones would say is like, uh, anywhere that podcasts are given away for absolutely free. Free 99? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So um, we do have a guest on this particular episode. Uh, this will be his third appearance. And, Is it the uh, charm? Is it the charm? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're uh, very glad to have him back. Uh, now known as Father Clef. We have Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, fellas? Did you did you become a Catholic priest? <laughs> it, Catholic priest it, music. <laughs> there is a story to this. Well, it's not much of a story, but there is one to that. Oh, uh, what on, had man. happened was there's like only like one person to ever call me Hawk Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, like it's like, yeah, man, I make beats, and this is my stage name, and like everyone still calls you Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> but, but with Father Clef, that's my friend. My group of friends call me Father Clef as a uh, a reference to Chappelle's show, the uh, making the band episode where <laughs> <laughs> Dave Chappelle <laughs> as Dylan. Like continuously keeps calling Wyclef Jean Father Clef, Father Clef, <laughs> until he yells, "Yo, I'm not your father." <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, it's just something funny, my friends. Like they've been calling me that for like ever, like longer than the Hawk Jones moniker has existed. So it's like, uh, no one calls me Hawk. That's. Yeah, no one calls me that. Too close to Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Too close. All right, that was that was. I like that. That was yeah. cool. Yeah. I actually like Father Clef better yeah. now. Because uh, <laughs> I I remember I remember listening to a few episodes ago, and he was like, he's like, well, we have to get we have to get Brandon, aka Hawk Jones, back on the show. That's not his name anymore. No. <laughs> like Boss Clef. Because <laughs> I don't stay on Instagram like I used to. And I was like, there's a Clef in there somewhere. <laughs> the artist formerly known as Hawk Jones. <laughs> Hiding in plain sight. Basically. <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh, fellas. Huh? I I, I said I'm glad to be back. Oh, oh yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Glad to have you back. I don't, really, I don't really feel like a guest at this point. But it's cool. I'm a guest. <laughs> One thing it, 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 it had been so long, so yeah. For, for now, a guest. But the next time, mm-hmm. um, well, I don't know. It, would it be like a, a co-host or I don't know, yeah. panelist? Oh, contributing, a contributing, um, <laughs> a contributing, a uh, a recurring role. Yeah, I'm there trying to think. There's a dude who's <laughs> always on. Real time with Bill Maher so much that he basically might as well be a co-host, and at this point I'm just like he's just a contributor, like he's just. Is it Mark Wilmore? I think so. He's there a lot though, and I'm just, every time I turn on, 
like I got a 90% chance of seeing him. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So let's get into some music news. Um, yeah. So um, TRL's coming back. Yeah. I, yeah. I wonder. I wonder. <laughs> um, so uh, it's coming back this fall. Of course, we did an episode about TRL and how we felt that well basically like Carson Daly was the last VJ yeah the last real one but now they're mm-hmm. just going to bring out some more um yeah they've got a yeah. they're not going to be able to do this with the TV alone they've no. got to get social media heavily involved well basically how we talked about is that how like what may have like killed TRL mm-hmm. like given like it was a slow death was YouTube, yeah, um, mm-hmm. and other video uh, streaming sites to where you know you can watch stuff for free or whatever. I would almost maybe even say their reluctance to kind of latch on, kind of like I mean, like what a few months ago, ESPN had to lay off how many people, and then a year or two before that, they had to lay off a lot of people. And you hear, you know, you hear some of the experts and the former people that work there, Bill Simmons, Colin Cowherd, talk about how their unwillingness to embrace cord cutters. And not really kind of cater to a streaming platform. You could say the same thing about MTV. You know, like Viacom right now, their parent company is like, I think is on like a one person or one company war against cord cutters. <laughs> like, I mean, they're, they've pissed off um, PlayStation View. They pissed off DirecTV. They pissed off DirecTV Sling TV. Like, they don't, they're just like fighting everyone. Yeah. Like Russell Crowe <laughs> in South Park. It's like really bad. <laughs> and so it's just like, they gotta, they gotta, like, if they're gonna survive, Viacom has to be okay with this. The fact that you can't make this show work on TV alone. Right. Or it will Not fail the same way it did before. So, yeah, it's, um, it will air from the, the same Times Square studio that it had been before. They still own that? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, it will integrate linear social and digital under the TRL brand and bring teen passion points to life while continuing to incorporate audience requests. The program will feature rotating hosts such as DC young fly, Eric Zachary, Amy Fom, Tamara Dia and Lawrence Jackson. Uh, and it's going to premiere on October 2nd. Um, so yeah, it's coming back. I mean, I, was, I mean, I, I'm too old for TRL now. Show of hands, who has like, MTV? <laughs> who still has MTV? <laughs> right? It's like, I don't know when's the last time I watched like something live on television, unless it was like an award show. Yeah. Yeah. But like, where they could like it, this could either be really, really good or really, really bad. And I think they could win if they cater to having more so live performances. Mm-hmm. Rather than you guys call in and request a video and not go on YouTube and watch it immediately. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, who's going to sit there and wait? You know, I just and I don't see I don't know. Maybe people skip school more. So I guess maybe they'll have a big <laughs> crowd of people out there like, oh, my God, my name is Ben and uh, I want to request Justin Bieber. Or they'll find a way to, you know, if they're skipping class, then they'll be able to watch the video on their phone or yeah. watch the show live mm-hmm. streaming through the MTV app. I could see that. Even I could even see that on like maybe YouTube Live, like all of let all of the live services, so like YouTube Live, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, like stream it on there. Yeah, have the TRL story, um, and then let people 
um, like record their own videos from home and send them in that way. You know, like just maybe you post like a hashtag TRL and they play your video of you requesting a song. Um, I mean, I imagine a big company like this has, you know, people smarter than us on it, I hope. But then again, you would have thought back then they would have people smarter than us on it. <laughs> and it's still Otherwise, we wouldn't be bringing it back at this point. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. I'm, or I'm even, excited, though. Even at the very least, um, on if you're anyone's ever watched TMZ Live. Mm, okay. To where, one, it looks like, you know how if you watch Sports Center, they have like the rundown on the left side of the screen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. TMZ Live has the same thing. But, but it's like it's more awkward because they're in the yeah. office of TMZ, right? Yeah. And you got Harvey; he's always standing, and then the black guy <laughs> with the dreadlocks is always sitting. But they're in like the same shot, and it looks really awkward because it looks like Harvey is a giant standing <laughs> over this dude. Um, and they just kind of, and it's kind of like more free form as far as, oh yeah, did you hear about this? I mean, they already, I mean, they have the list of what they're going to talk about, but yeah. as far as how they're going to approach it, it seems like they're just improvising the whole time. But then they, if they assign the story to somebody on the staff, they put the camera on that staff member who's like maybe 10 feet away. They put another camera on them. <laughs> so they're on camera. Like, yeah, so this would happen when Justin Bieber came in the parking <laughs> lot. And, um, and then in other, and then in another spot where they have fans call in to ask questions yeah. over Skype. I could see that happening too. So that'd be cool. Yeah. So if they can incorporate that to where fans, if they want to ask, if there's a celebrity interview, they could ask them a question directly. Mm-hmm. Or if like, this video is number six, and why do you like this video? And they go to that person, you know. So yeah, at least like incorporating that as well. Afterthought, like the videos, they'll probably they used to play two minutes of it. They're going to play a minute. It's going to be a complete. It afterthought. seemed like the later it went on, <laughs> TRL, they were playing less and less of the. It was like fifteen mm-hmm. seconds of the video. Yeah, this is the number three video. <laughs> they only played yeah. fifteen seconds, it's but like they played the entire back. number seven video. <laughs> you just hear back streets back. All right, all, all right. right, and that and was the number back. three. Video. Yeah, it's like and they're done. Like all right, we basically got that. Uh, yeah, and that would be a good idea. Like you Skype or even. Um, I feel like maybe Jimmy Butler could have started a new trend. Have them get like a burner iPhone. Call me on FaceTime <laughs> and I'll answer your questions. And that'd be pretty cool as well. Like it's, there's so many things that could make this honestly cheaper to produce than it used to be. Yeah. So like if you yeah. run out of money, it's on you, MTV. But I, I do think part of it, they should have live performances, mm-hmm. incorporate as much social media as possible, but they don't want to overdo it. Like if you have, okay, YouTube. And we're on Facebook Live, and we're on Snapchat, and we're, we've got Instagram stories. Uh, it might be too much. So the Dane Cook rule, yeah. basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can't be too much. Like, MySpace, MySpace, MySpace. Like, all right, we get it, Dane Cook. We get it. <laughs> and so uh, looking forward to that in October. Um, now, Brandon, are you familiar with Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five? Yes, I am. All right. Uh, you're aware of a, one of the members of the group named Kid Creole. The name sounds extremely familiar. All right. Well, Kid, I'd say so. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, Kid Creole, um, 
known as uh, what was real name Nathaniel Glover, has been charged with murder. Oh no, that's pretty. That's pretty big. Yeah, uh, in the stabbing death of a homeless man in New York. Whoa, uh, this gotta hurt, man. Yeah, this was on I- Tuesday. Um, police responded to a nine one one call of a male possibly stabbed at East Forty Fourth Street and Third Avenue within the confines of the 17th precinct upon arrival, police observed the 55 year old male with multiple stab wounds to the torso. And, uh, he was pronounced dead, uh, on arrival at the hospital, Bellevue mm. hospital. And the investigation is ongoing and surveillance video was used to identify Nathaniel Glover, AKA kid Creole, who was arrested Wednesday night. Um, so, uh, they're trying to figure out what took place. The investigation is still ongoing right now. Uh, Glover works as a handyman and a security guard near where the incident took place. Oh man. How they have fallen. Oh man. Yeah. Um, he had a run in with the victim who was drunk according to the source and they exchanged words. According to TMZ, a gay slur was used, which spurred an angry reaction. And they had no prior relationship. They had words. Things got out of hand. It was some sort of diss. A source told the Daily News. He turned, interpreting that the guy was making an advance towards him. One thing led to another, and he was shivved. And he shivved him twice in the chest. Yikes. Jeez. So, is Grandmaster Flash and Melly Mel the only ones that still work? Um, <laughs> like, I thought, like, I thought they all still performed, like, yeah. together. Like, he's a handyman. Like... I, I didn't know that. Like, you think people think he's that crazy old guy that says he was a rap star at one point? But no one believes well, according to, no one. <laughs> according to the, a picture I saw, he, he performs every once in a while. So when they perform, they perform together every once in a okay, while. Okay, that's what I was wondering. like, consistently on tour. Okay. okay. Um, so maybe this is his passion then. But you said two, yeah. he's working two jobs, though. <laughs> well, he's obviously good with his hands. <laughs> yeah, he learned, he learned to trade. <laughs> you learned a marketable skill. Um, so, yeah, uh, as of right now, uh, well, he was arrested. I don't know if there's any like bond or anything uh, or bail. No information about that's been released. But, yeah, it's um, well, actually, he was scheduled to perform with them in Philadelphia on the 20th. With Dougie Fresh, Big Daddy King, Sugar Hill Gang, DOS Effects, and Silk. Oh, snap. That is that is a weird lineup simply because of Silk. Yeah. Yeah. Silk, <laughs> Silk kind of throws everything off there. Um, so, yeah, I'm reading here. He says he stabbed him because he thought he was hitting on him. Yeah. That's, mm, well, you just bought yourself a hate crime, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see like, how oh, this elevates things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got hit on once. I didn't stab him. Yeah. You thought about it, but no, <laughs> no. It was it was weird. I just kept walking. It was in Midtown, so you know, yeah. Well, that's where it happens. Yeah. <laughs> in our in our neck of the woods. Yeah, that's what I get for wearing a uh, a fitted, <laughs> fitted V neck. A, vin- mm, a fitted V neck. I was feeling myself. All right. Okay. I was feeling myself mm-hmm. back then. <laughs> All right. So anyway, um, speaking of uh, harassment, um, <laughs> so uh, 
we've talked a few times about the Lady Gaga, Dr. Excuse me, not Lady Gaga, but Kesha and Dr. Luke Mm -hmm. uh, going back and forth in court. And uh, Dr. Luke subpoenaed Lady Gaga. um, And uh, Lady Gaga's phone is being subpoenaed after a series of text messages that were exchanged um, between uh, Lady Gaga and Kesha. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, that reportedly detailed his that Dr. Luke's alleged abuse and sexual assault, and um, Dr. Luke's team is subpoenaing uh, is issuing a subpoena um, in his defamation case. He's using his defamation case against Kesha. Mm. Mm. So uh, what's he trying to do here? I mean, yeah. if there de- if there are details about it. Like, unless there are details that prove it didn't happen, I'm not going to try to get that. I'm not going to try to get those records. Um, so, uh, Dr. Luke's lawyer is, um, look, is going after the, the text messages, according to a Supreme Court filing, um, because the spreadsheet she provided of their text messages is heavily redacted. Mm-hmm. And she mm-hmm. has refused to remove the redactions, claiming that the redacted materials are irrelevant and address unspecified private matters. So, um, I really should going to do some research this week and see if I can find like a good overall summary of this. Cause I, this is, it's, it, it seems a lot to keep together and yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. it changes every time we talk about it. Like yeah. something has changed dramatically. Um, I honestly thought yeah. it was over because she was putting out new music and everything. Well, yeah, About she's him. able to do it under the <laughs> yeah, she's able to do it under the Kimosabi label because he's not there anymore. Yeah, he's been removed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's been able to put out new music. She's coming out with her new album very, very soon. I think like by the end of the month. Yeah. Um, and uh, Lady Gaga's lawyer. Uh, says that she's unavailable to appear in court because of her schedules for both her Joanne world tour and her film endeavors. Uh, she is in the midst of filming a star is born. We talked about that. Didn't we? Yep, we did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. I think so. That sounds familiar. Um, I'm going to find that real quick. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and Rainbow just as a as a the Rainbow album by uh, Kesha is set to come out August eleventh. Oh, so okay, mm-hmm. so next week. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it is uh, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Okay. Um, set to come out next year. Okay. Uh, so, um, her being brought into this like. Yeah, it, this is, it, it, you're right. Like, it's something, there's a kind of a big change every time we yeah. hear about this case. I didn't know they were friends, honestly. <laughs> Lady Gaga and Kesha? Yeah. Um, it seems so different to me. Like, Lady Gaga's classy. Kesha kind of seemed a little not I think classy. Lady Gaga is a, kind of a, a, a weirdo. Yeah, she's a weirdo, but she's but, not like. Yeah. But she's Kesha like, just seems weird, chill, weird. Yeah, like like Kesha just seems. I don't want to say dirty because what she's going like, through I, now, but she just seemed dirty. Like, <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to Kesha, who literally has a song called "Cannibal." <laughs> <laughs> like, 
like I listened to I remember like seeing the video for TikTok. She looked like she basically went out all night, drank, got really drunk, probably drove home, <laughs> and then just woke up and did it again. Like <laughs> Well, a lyric shower. like like without showering or something. No, what'd you say? <laughs> yeah. Well, brushed my yeah. teeth with a bottle of jack. So she kinda brushed her teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and then just went right back at it and like didn't shower unless she showered with a bottle of vodka. I don't know, but like I don't know, she just seemed weird, man. Um but after the uh uh Doctor Luke's lawyer offered to go to go in order to get the deposition, she and her team were not responded with the date for the, the deposition. And his team reiterated this motion has become necessary because Dr. Luke's counsel has not been able to obtain, despite repeated requests, a deposition date from Lady Gaga. She, her team followed up with the statement saying that she has provided all the relevant information in her possession and is at most an ancillary witness in the process. Dr. Luke's team is attempting to manipulate the truth and draw press attention to their case by exaggerating Lady Gaga's role and falsely accusing her of dodging reasonable requests. Hmm. He sounds he sounds desperate. Like there's something in here. Yeah. Hmm. Or maybe she's I don't know. Or maybe or she's hiding he, something. He, he, they, he thinks there's something in those redacted messages that's going to help him. Uh. I I don't. Well, it it'll be hard to think of what it could be. Yeah. That's a hell of a risk if he's truly guilty. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Because then, like, if, if there's a smoking gun that comes out, it's just like, what are you going to do next? Like, subpoena Nicki Minaj? Like, what are you, you going to do then? It's like, I'll, I'll subpoena all of your friends. <laughs> he subpoenas the whole, you know, the whole guest list from, like, the um, Sleazy remix. The Andre 3000. <laughs> yeah, he calls up T.I., he calls up Lil Wayne. <laughs> subpoena them all. Like, no. The guy who played bass on the song. <laughs> Calling everyone. <laughs> now that makes me think of um, the scene from uh, from The Professional where Gary Oldman's like, bring everyone. He's like, what do you mean? And he's like, everyone. <laughs> That's Dr. Luke. <laughs> everyone. You know who would be interesting if they, if, because they did a song together, who they, who, um, they may subpoena? Hmm. Uh, Tyo Cruz. That'd be worse. <laughs> Flow rider. He just be like, I don't, I don't even know why I'm here. <laughs> he showed up on on shuffle the other day, and like I had a good forty five minutes of just pondering, where is Tyle Cruz? <laughs> he's probably wondering the same, and that's why he'd show up because he's not doing anything. <laughs> like if he really wants somebody that's gonna show up, like subpoena Tyle Cruz. You'll in a second. He's right outside he's your right door. There. It's like, hey man, what's up? <laughs> I was in the neighborhood. <laughs> um, it's another story that we got here. Okay, so um, which one are you looking at? Uh, the one about Paul Oakenfold. Uh, yes. If it will open here, so Paul Oakenfold is doing something a little, a little different for his memoirs. Um, he his memoirs are going to be in the format of a graphic novel, and he's going <laughs> to. This sounds so like self-indulgent, like, okay, it's going to be a graphic novel and I'm going to make my own soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> so he's going to have his own soundtrack. This, to this sounds book. very Prince. <laughs> <laughs> very, very Prince. Yeah. And uh, it's called The Wonderful World of Perfecto, 
with Paul Oakenfold and friends. It's going to be trippy as hell. I just could. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be published by Z2 Comics. It's set for release on November 21st. Oh, it was Marvel too busy (laughs) 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 to put out a to put out a Paul Oakenfold comic. Does he want to get included in the in the uh, Marvel universe? He's like, yo, so y'all put me in Avengers? Like, no. Well, I'll get a Z too. It's going to uh, feature um, uh, different artists, like as far as like the ones who like draw the comics. Uh, Tyler Boss and Ian McGinty. It will also deviate from a typical memoir in that Oakenfold's life story will be told as a not quite true story. He's going to be flying. <laughs> I can use a graphic novel. He's going to be flying. <laughs> well, that made me think of um, if you ever watched The Office and there's an episode where Dwight is playing. They had they couldn't use the name Second Life, but it was the same game as Second Life. <laughs> And Dwight created himself as a, um, oh, I got an email. He created himself as a, as a paper salesman (laughs) and had a different paper company name. And he was, and, um, like, yeah. And he was dressed the same. It's like the only difference is I can fly. And then he just showed him flying (laughs) up the side of the building. (laughs) Munder Difflin, maybe. It was something like that. It was something like that. Um, and it says, uh, beyond the subject matter, the project will have an additional musical component as well. Okafor will create an accompanying original soundtrack. I feel it's like you got to read the book and listen to the music. At the same time. At the same, at the same and time. And I feel like you probably have to be high to do it. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. like with, uh, if you listen to, is it Dark Side of the Moon and Dark- watch The Wizard of Oz? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, it, it'll be suggested. Each track, you know, is like 10 pages or something. It's going to be a long graphic novel. Yeah, um, but yeah, he's had a very interesting year with coming out with this book, um, and actually, this isn't the first of its type. Uh, Z Two Comics, uh, with their release of Murder Ballads, which features an original soundtrack that was co-written by the Black Keys, Dan Auerbach. They're self-indulgent too, so I can believe that. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's going to come out with his his own graphic novel memoir with the soundtrack, and just a few months after. Um, performing at the base camp for Mount Everest. Oh yeah, I forgot he is doing that. Okay. Uh, there are some videos on YouTube in which he had to like seriously train for that. I was telling somebody at work about that who was a um, a big Paul Oakenfold fan, and she was under the age of twenty five, so I was a little shocked. She's like twenty two, and she's like, "Oh my god, I love Paul Oakenfold." Who <laughs> else? Oh, so she like does she like BT as well? Moby? I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> it was just weird. Um, and yeah, she's like a 22 year old, like black chick just likes Paul looking for like blew my mind. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, another story that we have is, uh, well, uh, Brandon, are you familiar with this, uh, the concrete and gold project the Foo Fighters are working on? I brief, I, I've only heard the name, but nothing beyond the name. Okay. Uh, well, the Foo Fighters are, have claimed to "quote unquote" uh, get. They want to get weird on this <laughs> one, so um, they've gotten some uh, the, the high-profile guest list, uh, which includes Sean Stockman from Boys to Men, mm-hmm. 
Uh, uh, sign me up. <laughs> sign me up. Uh, who they also they have? Uh, Dave Koz, the saxophonist. Allison Mosshart from The Kills. Uh, Inara George from uh, The Bird and the Bee. And Paul McCartney. But he's not playing bass. He's not playing bass. I think he's playing drums. Yeah, he's playing drums. But hmm. there's been like this, uh, Dave Roll had been hinting at like this super special guest. Um, well, I am. <laughs> oh, that would be so anticlimactic. <laughs> uh, but like we know, since we know about Paul McCartney now, he's not the super secret yeah. special guest. I'm not so I not that doesn't surprise me because I know they've done stuff together, so I figured they would work together. I'm I'm anxious to know though. And there was a rumor that it was going to be uh that it could be Adele mm-hmm. or Taylor Swift, if but only. Grohl has denied that either of them will be working on it. Because both of them will be working on it. <laughs> <laughs> both of them. Um he said that I'd be amazed if anyone can really figure it out. But it was great, and this person's been around for a long time. And I think I've met this person maybe a few times, but I never spent time with this person. We had a blast together. Really, he's really fucking fun. And he or she is very talented, (laughs) more so than I ever Mm -hmm. knew. But, of course, I fucking ran my mouth off. Now I have to answer it every time I pick up the telephone. I'm like, fuck, I shouldn't have said anything. So So people are still uh, trying to figure it out. I'm going hmm. to go out on a limb here and say maybe um, this is how Tupac tells the world he's alive. <laughs> <laughs> like, that this person's been around for a be long time. Epic. And it's just like, you know, the Foo Fighters featuring Tupac. Like, come on, you know? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm very anxious to know who it is. Yeah. Um, or, or. Foo Fighters featuring Elvis. <laughs> that was just me having um, an O. That, was, <laughs> that would be that would be that just be weird. Because well, how, how old would he be? Weird. They want to get weird. Yeah. How old would he be now? Could he still sing? He'd be. I think he'd be uh, seventy-five. <clears throat> oh God. Well, if if Keith Richards and the Rolling Stones are still doing it in their seventies, I guess the the King. Quote unquote. Oh no, he'd be. No, he'd be like eighty-two. Okay, never mind. Nah, man, that's he'd be the last. Aren't the, the Rolling Stones are older than him, right? Now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Elvis age. How old would Elvis be? So he was born in nineteen thirty-five. Yeah, eighty-two. Good lord, that's so old. Yeah. Well, well uh, I'm interested. You know, we'll find out uh, later this year. When uh, what that's going to who that special guest is going to be? Yeah, they've got a good circle if they've been able to keep it from leaking. They've got a good circle because I feel like in most circles this would have leaked by now. Yeah, and you oh, yeah. know you'd hear demos and stuff. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, last but not least, ooh, 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 what if it's like Beyonce? No. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Although. I heard her cover on her live album. She covered If I Were a Boy. Well, didn't cover. She sung If I Were a Boy. And then right after that goes into You Ought to Know. 
and her fans mm-hmm. probably had no clue what it was. They probably had no idea. They were like, oh, this is a new Beyonce song. And then they went and the lyrics. And they're like, who is this Canadian chick? Who is Alanis Morissette? Alanis. Alanis Morissette. Because I was, I was, I was, I'm not going to lie, I was taken aback a little bit. Like, she covered it. And she covered it well. In her own Beyonce style, of course. But, yeah, that was. The so song that inspired Lemonade. Anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. No, shut up. What if it did? What if, like, she was like, you know, I spent some time up in Canada, and, you know, Alanis and I working on some songs, and, and voila, Lemonade was born. Bam. And Alanis is like, thank you, Beyonce. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, so, yeah, uh, last but not least, um, Brent, I don't know if you've seen this trailer or heard this trailer, but we're going to play a trailer for a uh, a new film, a new music-related film, and we're going to discuss it. Battle rap is not boxing. It's a street fight. Words are weapons. We battle rappers. We battle each other and disrespect each other in the ring as rappers. If you go off, you a legend for life. Space to say obscenely racist things under the guise of competition. You know how sensitive the climate is towards racism and appropriation. The administration is now under a lot of pressure to act. You know, something that I'll never understand about this rap stuff is, um, to shoot this, shoot that. Yo, yo, check shut the fuck up. Little squirmy little Reddit blogger, another Eminem imposter refers to Elton John as his second father, Bob Saget, Rick Moranis, Kelly Osborne, white trash, genetic monster, probably conceived in the back of a Led Zeppelin concert. If Harry Potter had sex with Jeffrey Dahmer, you'd be their lesbian daughter. The fuck are you, a little fucking state prison fucking rape victim? He's a new face of racism. I'm surprised you didn't show up here today with a slave with him chained to him. He hates African-American culture because he was raised different. He hates Clinton, Abe Lincoln, pretty much anybody that can relate with him except Blake Griffin. He feels a little bit more safe with him because they share the same pigment. Bitch, hip-hop has been for minorities. It's never been for you geeky asses. Matter of fact, what are these, your little fucking reading glasses you need for your English classes? Man, give me that shit. Man, I'll stomp these into pieces and fragments. And now you can keep them. He can have this. Now you get to complete your dream of being this genius mathematics because everything you see is in fractions. I get the fuck out of here, you little fucking dweeby fat. What? And that was a white guy saying all that, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that is the trailer for a new film called Bodied, um, produced by uh, Eminem and directed by Joseph Kahn. Uh, it's about it's a satire film <laughs> about um, a kid who wants to. Um, He's using battle rap as his graduate thesis. And, um, yeah, and then he goes deep into the world of, of battle rapping. Uh, had you seen that trailer, Brandon? Oh, hold on. Did we lose him? Uh, I guess a normal fan of battle rap. I actually have one on pause at the moment. 
Um, sorry, I had you turned down when I asked that question. <laughs> so <laughs> if you could repeat your answer. <laughs> yes, I did. I did see it. I um, I'm a, a, I wouldn't say casual. What's above casual? I'm an above casual fan of battle rap. So I, I saw it immediately <laughs> as soon as they put it online. All right. Um, I was trying to get the credits for it. I'm looking at the um, the cast. The last the last guy the last guy that was rapping. His name is Disaster, and he's like one of the more well, all of them are rah rah kind of. But he's one of the more rah rah ones who's are, who's actually funny. Okay. Okay. I uh, see that Anthony Michael Hall yeah, is Anthony Michael Hall. Uh, Caleb Worthy, who you may know from Disney's Austin and Alley. What? <laughs> oh, that's him? Oh, he cut his hair. Okay. Yeah, I've seen him before. Yeah, he cut his hair. That's funny. Uh, also, Deborah Wilson, you may know from Mad TV. Uh, Jackie Long, he's an ATL. Um,. Those are the only names I recognize, but it's directed by Joseph Kahn. And, uh, one of the producers is Eminem. Um, so yeah, do you think that it's, um, and it's going to be, uh, added to the Toronto international film festival. Okay. So it'll be making the festival circuit. I don't know. It doesn't show if there's going to be a wide release or anything. It shows September 7th in Canada, but I think that's the Toronto international <laughs> film festival. Um, <laughs> And it was co-written by Joseph Kahn as well. Um, I want to go to one of these film festivals. That'd be cool. So, uh, yeah, it's a progressive graduate student finds success and sparks outrage when his interest in battle rap as a thesis subject becomes a competitive obsession. He directed Torque? Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was... uh you trying to do serious stuff now? <laughs> 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 Now that was in 2004, <laughs> and that was like right after like that was basically like a someone saw Fast and the Furious and like I could write something better, and I they came out that. with Torque. <laughs> uh, all right, they couldn't get Vin Diesel, so they had to settle for Ice Cube. I saw a, a meme that today that just said, like Triple X. <laughs> Stop. It says it said I've seen all eight Fast and Furious movies. And not once have these people ever stopped at a gas station. <laughs> that's because they never have do. Vin Diesel. <laughs> uh, the yeah. thing, well, I think I've said this before. The the strange thing about the Fast and the Furious series is how everything escalated. Like, there's no way y'all have done this before. Y'all didn't race tanks on on glaciers in space. Like, when did you learn to drive a tank? <laughs> Someone said that they. I don't think you, I don't that, think that's uh, a prison program. That the Fast and Furious Ten is called Fast Ten. Your seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> I I I'll put money on it right I now. Would love that's going to be a tagline. Fast Ten. Your seatbelts. <laughs> Generic trap music. <laughs> X gonna give it to you. What? <laughs> Uh, and the more that the and when I think about it, the more Fast and Furious movies they make, the sadder Jaw Rule gets. 
he was uh, in the first one. And now he's <laughs> and never fire festival ever again. <laughs> we yeah. never saw him again. <laughs> oh man. Um, so yeah, uh, that's going to do it for our music news segment. Um, Ben, why don't you tell us about your earworm of the week? All right. So my earworm is a song I used to play with my band a long time ago. Um, and it kind of became an obsession. It was an obsession in high school. That's how old it is. And um, I believe next year the album turns 20. Sunburn by Fuel is the album. Uh, or is it see. 20 now? Don't tell me it's 20 now. It's 20 now. Okay. <laughs> Ironically, right before we started recording, I heard from a friend that they're playing in town. Yeah. And I was like, damn it. I really want to go. It was only 20 bucks. And they're back with the original lead singer. And you're in Buford. I might still be able to make it after this. I don't know. We'll see. But um, it's Shimmer, which I, was that the lead single from Sunburn or no? I don't know if it's the lead single. I know it was a single. Yeah, it's the biggest one off of that album. I think it was the most played song of the year on rock radio but it's it's a really good song i was just i was all up in um genius i downloaded the app i was just reading the lyrics and yeah about and like kind of noticing how the video has nothing to do with the song the video has like images of a little girl playing in a dog while brett scallions rides in the car and then you see the band play the song that just tells you 90s videos just did not make sense none of them did like i showed one i showed the country's like these videos don't it's just, these are just weird. They're just weird for the sake of weird. And I'm like, yeah, they kind of are. That's when you had video directors, and this might this might qualify under the the genius uncheck thing. Yeah, uh, video directors who had a vision for something, just for <laughs> you know, I, they had a idea for a short film, or yeah. I want to make a music video with this in it. Here's a band. And this, <laughs> they're not even considering the song. They just needed a band and a song. Mm-hmm. Put some performance. What the hell's a fuel? There, and then, you know, put in whatever they wanted to as their vision. It's called Shimmer? Whatever. It's about a dog and a little girl. <laughs> I don't care if it's about an ex. It's about a dog and a little girl. If you like dating little girls, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. All right, so this is Shimmer by Fuel, and we'll be right back. She calls me from the cold Just when I was alone Feeling short of stable all that she intends And all she keeps inside Is a normal label She says she's ashamed Can she take me for a while? Can I be a friend? We'll forget the past Or maybe I'm not able And I break in the bend We're here and
All right, that is Shimmer by Fuel from the album Sunburn, or uh, the best of Fuel. Yeah, put that in my list also. Mm-hmm. Of I've been heavily uplating my um, list of uh, guitar riffs that I love. I call it that Rifto. <laughs> um, and it's just like all of my favorite guitar riffs um, from really just the history of time. And so uh, I put that one on there this week. Yeah. All right. So uh, you can um, check that out. Uh, the or our well, that song along with a um, hundred and two other songs. Stop, man. Stop. It's like you're rubbing <laughs> it in. I know. Hot Rod Heart still ain't back. I know. <laughs> Well, I mean, you were writing letters. Like, uh, do you want me to write some letters? (laughs) As long as it's still in my heart, my hot rod heart. (laughs) That's what counts. It's still there. Uh, There is a song called Hot Rod Heart by John Fogarty. I doubt it's the same. John Fogarty is not on Robbie Dupree's level. (laughs) Check me, John Fogarty fans. Check me. All right, so um, we started the wow. Okay, um, you can find uh, uh, all this, all of our earworms minus Hot Rod Hearts. Um, Spotify has not responded to Ben's letters. Um, you can find that on our playlist BTT YHT Earworms, which is on Spotify, available right now as you're listening. I need to see if. Um he who shall not be named knows him from a cruise. Maybe he has a, you know, he's got a plug. He can, you know, yeah. It's like, hey man, why you, why is that song not on Spotify anymore? Like my friend Ben, he's itching. <laughs> is anything by him? Is anything by Robbie Dupree? I don't know. I think they might have taken everything, which would be really sad. Because, um, is it? You know what? I think they took that album off, so it's all new stuff that you don't know. Well, yeah, like Steal Away is the re-recorded version, which is normally crap. Yeah. Um, they used that in a really funny episode of American Dad where Steve and Francine, um, Francine taught Steve how to be a shoplifter. <laughs> and so it's just like a montage of them just stealing stuff from stores in the mall. <laughs> and just playing that song. <laughs> um, yeah, the first out, the earliest album they have by him is called Carried Away. That's cheap. What, man, please. <laughs> All right. So we started the show with Points of Authority by band I sometimes call the Lincoln Parks. Yeah, you did. After the Sums, the <laughs> The Sums, the Strokes, the White Stripes. What was that? Was, um, what video was that? Was that a Blink-182 video? That was a Sum 41 video. Okay. Because yeah, it like, was like the Sums. Yeah. He's like, you like smoking? And he just like threw him a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, this was their their debut album, Hybrid Theory. Um, and it was a monster. <laughs> it was a monster. It was a game changer. Uh, it was new metal at its peak. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I wanted to talk about, along with this album, I guess, just the impact of, of new metal or kind of your exposure to new metal, our exposure to new metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was in 2000. Yeah. So I was a sophomore, yeah, sophomore in high school. Yeah. Well, when it came out, I was a junior in high school. This is October 24th, 2000. So, yeah, yeah. So we'd have been juniors. Yeah. yeah. Just starting our 
<laughs> junior year. Sheesh. <laughs> yeah, this is how I'm old, like, man. I was in like sixth grade, you know? <laughs> and this is how the relationship with me and my girlfriend goes. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, that was my college jam. She's like, bro, that was middle school for me. I'm like, oh, don't remind me. Don't remind me. <laughs> Um, so yeah, yeah um, uh, hybrid theory. Uh, we talked about it briefly on our, on our last episode, but it went diamond. It sold 30 million worldwide. Um, it only peaked at number two, peaked at number two on the billboard 200. Well, you got to think too, man, back then albums were selling. Yeah. Like, I don't know what this did its first week, but I bet it would have gone number one now. Yeah. <laughs> it would have beat Lana Del Rey. Oh um, yeah! Before we get to that, speaking of that, I we didn't get to the the charts. We'll do that real quick, and okay. this is all re- all related. <laughs> uh, the number one song is still Despacito for the twelfth week overall, um, followed by Wild Thoughts. That's what I like. I'm the one. Believer by Imagine Dragons, Unforgettable by French Montana and Sway Lee, Shape of You, There's Nothing Hold Me Back by Shawn Mendes, Attention by Charlie Puth. And Body Like a Back Row by Sam Hunt. That's the top 10. As far as the albums, number one is Lana Del Rey. Lust for Life, debuting at number one. Flower Boy by Tyler the Creator, debuts at number two. Wins and Losses by Meek Mill, debuts at number three. Linkin Park's One More Light, which is number 17 last week, goes up to number four. Number five, uh, Damn by Kendrick Lamar. Number six, The Descendants 2 soundtrack. Is that the Disney movie? I don't know. The Descendants? I don't know. I was about to say, isn't that a Disney movie? <laughs> that's, a, that's what I think it is. Oh, about the villains? Children? Yeah. Yeah, that uh, is. Yeah. Um, number seven, uh, Jay-Z's 444. Number eight, the album we're going to talk about, Hybrid Theory. Number nine, Grateful by DJ Khaled. And number 10, Golden by Romeo Santos. And because of the... It's very weird, you know, when someone dies and then they become more popular mm-hmm. in death. So one more light is number four. Hybrid theory is number eight. Mm-hmm. Meteora is number 11. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, what happens. I was saying like they, you know, yeah. the, the, the kid who's listening to like, mom, where's my copy of hybrid theory? <laughs> and she's like, I don't know in the basement. And he can't find it. So he just goes and buys another. He just sits in his room. Doom, doom, doom. Well, yeah, he he went he went to iTunes and downloaded it, <laughs> <laughs> or Amazon downloaded the MP3s. Oh yeah. Um, oh, uh, minutes to midnight is number twenty-seven. Just to oh. also add that. Oh, wow. Um. So, uh, I guess well, we'll start with you, Brandon. What was your, uh, what was your introduction to Lincoln Park? I didn't get into Linkin Park until Meteora because, again, I was in like sixth grade when when Hybrid. <laughs> yeah, rub it in. Rub so it that's in. like before I really started paying attention to like what I was like what I was listening to. But like the f- the first video I saw from Linkin Park was uh, Breaking the Habit, and I remember it vividly because I had just started getting into anime. It was like, wow, this is a music video and it's cartoons. <laughs> and the song's great, too. What else does these guys have? Then <laughs> I eventually went back to Hybrid Theory and and let out a bunch of uh, preteen angst 
<laughs> listening to that over and over and over and over again. Now, the, thing, the funny, the funny mm-hmm. thing is, like, it, like Lincoln Park was like a because. I don't. I don't. I'm not from a very nice neighborhood, mm. <laughs> so Lincoln Park was for those kids who didn't only listen to rap. It was like, okay, we listen to rap, but we also skateboard too. Yeah. <laughs> that was the. Uh, I feel like that was the um, the Pharrell demographic right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that was kind of like right before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> real was, or, bef- or before that exactly yeah. um well ben what what about you what was your uh introduction to lincoln park so i'm gonna go ahead and just put this out here um i recognize this album's importance but this is my least favorite lincoln park album so my actual first um my first uh interaction with it was hearing one step closer on the box and um, like I remember hearing the lyric and I was just like, and I'm not even going to lie because there's there's two things I'm not ashamed to admit. The first is that I thought that LeBron James would be a bust. I know <laughs> 20 years later, almost I sound like an idiot. I thought it. I wanted him to go to college. Um, and second, I thought we would never hear from Lincoln Park again <laughs> like, <laughs> after seeing this, after hearing this song and seeing them in the video there were a lot of bands that looked just like them. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. like they had their riff, you know, to one step closer, it comes in and then like, it's in an alleyway and you just kind of see them kind of head banging, kind of bobbing a little bit as they play the song. And I just kind of dismiss them (laughs) as being a band that like, this would be their only song and it wouldn't even be a hit. And boy, was I wrong. Very wrong. Um, They went Mm -hmm. on to, you know, basically, be one of the bigger, like probably the biggest band in the genre, most successful band, maybe not the most influential from a, from a um, place, like a standpoint of like um, influence. Yeah. They were the most influential because they were the you know, most widespread. Um, but they definitely were the most successful of those bands. Um, so much so that, you know, by the time Minister Midnight came out, they had gotten such a large record contract because of hybrid theory selling so much Meteora selling so much. So the projections were huge. So I admitted I was wrong. I thought they weren't going to stick around for a long time. Um, it was only later that I discovered Crawling. And I, I love that song. That was the song that really stood out for me. And to me kind of showed their songwriting ability. Which is, was a big thing to me at the time. I wasn't as much into riff-based rock, rock back then as I am now. Yeah, that's... Um, like my, my introduction to them was like... Uh, they were they came along with all these other similar sounding bands mm-hmm. yeah. um right this is when when this album comes out this is when Limp Biscuit yeah. is way up there in corn like we talked about like the Woodstock 99 corn head headlined by corn and Limp Biscuit um and who I like to call the godfather of new metal <laughs> the red hot chili peppers um so they they came along at at that time and it was um like the rap rock thing was very popular i think like you include kid rock in there too mm-hmm. um before he thought before he started believing that he's really from alabama and not detroit <laughs> um so uh like when they came along and like i saw the i saw the one step closer video on trl yeah 
and um, it just started climbing the charts. And it, I kind of had that feeling like, okay, this is cool and everything, but I feel like there are there might be a one trick pony. They may yeah. be a one hit wonder mm-hmm. because of something like this. Um, and because of how they looked, they had when they came out, they had you know. Chester and Mike had the spiked hair. Yeah, they I think did. Mike's hair was red, like like bright red. <laughs> and then another bright, bright video was like bright blue mm-hmm. or purple. <laughs> uh, so it was kind of like, I got to feel like this is like the boy bandiest looking rock band mm-hmm. <laughs> I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and then uh, like crawling on TRL. Yeah was more successful than one step closer. Yeah. And, um, and then when in the end came out, that blew the doors. Yeah. That was just, and this, this was like almost a year after the album came out. So this was still a time where people are buying out, uh, CDs and Mm. probably tapes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, and you can push an album for a year Mm. or more, you know, uh, like you talk about with Bieber, you can tour for 18 months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it was the, within the end, like that was the song I kept hearing the most. And it felt like that song and one step closer were the songs that were going to be in every, um, I felt like it was in every action movie trailer yeah. that could cater towards mm-hmm. young people, like something like triple X or fast and furious, uh, really anything with Vin Diesel in it was going to have a Linkin Park song associated yeah. with it. No, yeah, uh, that, that yeah. melody, like, is what, in my opinion, is what sold that song. Like, no matter how much you might dislike that song, like, the chorus is huge. For like, it's song? a huge, in the end. Okay. Like, it's a huge chorus. I got over. Like, it's a huge chorus. It's a sing along chorus. And then, how does the song start out? With the doom, 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 doom. It's a, like a simple, memorable melody. And then Mike Shota comes in. It starts with one thing. Like, it's just <laughs> like everything about that song. Like, it's almost as if, like, you took Michael Jackson and Quincy Jones and said, write a rap rock song. Like, everything about this song was catchy. <laughs> like, extremely catchy. Yeah, like, you could not get that. And that was the, I think that was the crossover appeal. Like, just everything about that song what's just catchy there was like no stone left unturned on this song and it was uh i think they were kind of doing the the rap rock thing a little bit differently Mm -hmm. to where they weren't trying to step outside of themselves so Mm -hmm. where it didn't seem forced (laughs) i know exactly what you mean because you look at fred durst yeah, like, Fred Durst on, tried guys. so Fred hard. Durst, he, and got Fred so Durst far. was trying. He was, yeah, and indeed, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, come on, like Fred Famous Durst Fred. definitely seemed like he was trying too hard. Like, um, if you want to see a fall from grace, go check out Golden Cobra. Like that's what they're trying. I haven't now. even tried to listen to, to Golden Cobra. He did a song with Lil Wayne, and it is bad. <laughs> it is bad. That's how far see, they that, fall. I think that was made at a time, and probably still, still well. I think there was a period of time, probably like a four or five year period, mm-hmm. where where if you wanted to have a rapper on your song, you got Lil Wayne. Mm-hmm. Even though in my, with this five year period, this was past the time where anyone was even paying attention to Lil Wayne. <laughs> but record companies like, oh well, uh, let's get Lil Wayne on your song. It's like what? Even, huh? Like <laughs> no one's you paying attention to Lil Wayne. Song. How old is the Carter Three? Like that's been out for how long? <laughs> <laughs> and um, with uh. 
like the well, like you were saying, like with Fred Durst, it seemed like he was trying really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, just listen to the song "In Together Now" from Significant Other. The yeah. song he did with with, uh, with Method with Man. Method Man, mm-hmm. and I actually like that song, but it's it, like it's it was still like come on, guy. It was produced by DJ Premier. He probably made the beat. He's like he's like he's really proud of it. <laughs> and then here comes Limp Biscuit to buy it. It's like, <laughs> do I have to? Like, <laughs> damn it. This is going to play everywhere. <laughs> it was everywhere, but probably would not the person he wanted. No. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then also there's a, um, if from if you listen to Chocolate Starfish, um, the the Roland remix oh. that had Method Man, Red Man, and DMX, you forget that Fred Durst is even on that song. Oh, well, yeah, because <laughs> look who the guests are. Like, come on, like, Fred, people, man. Pl- and that was, like, DMX at his peak at that time, too. Like, Fred Durst was not that good. It, it just so happened that <laughs> on Limp Biscuit songs, he was typically the only person rapping. When you put him up against a better rapper, he's... It, I, that was how they were trying to get credibility, though. Like, Mike Shinoda yeah. could out-rap him. <laughs> and not, no offense to Mike like, Shinoda. I like Mike Shinoda, but, like, yeah, he's just not a rapper. For like, Durst. having a Mike Shinoda feature... Is more understandable than having a friend. Yeah. yeah. Well, Lent Biscuit was in a way they were kind of a um, Lent Biscuit was a cartoon. Yeah. And um, uh, Lincoln Park really, they they were they I think they were the um, I think we talked about this in the last episode. They were more accessible. Yeah. Than than a corn, I mm-hmm. guess, and then they were they could be taken more seriously than a Limp Bizkit. Yeah. And so, like, I still remember seeing when OzFest was kind of first taking off and getting popular, some of the heavier bands, like you'd have, like, you know, your Slayer, your Black Label Society, some of those really heavy bands. Um, I think even Slipknot even mentioned it. Like, you know, like, oh, that's the kiddie stage. Like, they put up there because their music did identify with younger people. Yeah. So, like, you know, they would play during the day and you'd see the, teen, the teenagers out there, you know, kind of headbanging in their Jinkos and their, <laughs> you know, and then at night you bring out the Marilyn Manson and the Slayers and the, and stuff like that, which they were on Jimmy Kimmel the other day, which is weird, but not Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon. But, um, so, I mean, like they, they knew their audience, you know, they, I don't think they shied away from it. They were like, we want a better spot. We were heavy. No, we're, <laughs> we get it. We know who we are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there were, um, I think looking back, look, well, listening to hybrid theory now, I don't know how much it holds up to a lot of people. But it sounds, um, it sounds really poppy to me. Yeah, it doesn't sound. Well, no, it mm-hmm. does. It does sound very poppy. Um, I, I, I should say well produced. Like it's just like you know, there no stone left unturned on the production, and they throw a lot of samples in there too. So like you know, it's not always like an actual drum you're hearing. Um, I think it still stands up. I think it still sounds fresh. Like I said, even though it's my least favorite. Um, my relationship with it has kind of evolved from like, I can't stand this album to I respect this album for what it, for what it was. Um, and it made me like, I think his name is Brad Delson, the guitar player a little bit more after I really started looking at his, like examining his tone, some of the riffs he was playing. Um, and then like it, it kind of started my love affair with Chester Benning, Bennington. Like I like him as a singer. Um, and I'm, I like what he went on to do, you know, a little bit later. And I think um, at this point, uh, with the after the success of 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 Hybrid Theory, you start. Um, I think there was a point 
it seemed like uh, all these labels are chasing that next new metal band. Well, there was a band that came out right after them yeah. called Trust Company that sounded exactly like them. <laughs> exactly like, like people them. People right? thought it was Linkin yeah. Park. I remember people like, Who, oh, this new Linkin Park song. And I bet they were like, yeah, yeah, get them plays up, get them plays up. And then people realized, oh, it's Trust Company. It is Jack and Yo style. <laughs> um, and, you know, then there were other bands that had kind of the same. I want to say like motif or style. It wasn't necessarily rap rock, but it had kind of the same sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, bands like uh, Papa Roach, um, Papa Roach, <laughs> uh, which had a lot of success in their own right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think whoever his idea was to sign POD saw Lincoln Park and like, oh, I need to find a band like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what happens all the time, you know. Like just through P- POD. POD kind of looked like Lincoln Park, but with dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and of course, Limp, Limp Biscuit, uh, trying to, I think because of, I think Lincoln Park eventually killed Limp Biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> so you could say that, uh, and it may have killed Corn too, because they were, they were kind of in the middle as far as like, um, what they were, um, I think marketing wise themselves. and look wise. I think Corn killed themselves. Like that, the one guitar player found Jesus and quit. And, and then like, I think they replaced that like, the drummer left. Like they just, they were just in a downwards. Like it just wasn't meant to last. New metal wasn't meant to last, especially yeah. like if you couldn't adapt. So, and that's why I think Lincoln Park lasted so long because we're like, all right, guys, uh, this new metal thing might be dying. Uh, we need to do some besides rapping, y'all. Like, what we going, what we gonna do? And they released um, Minister Midnight, which was like a huge departure. And you have, you do have a a distinct type of Lincoln Park fan. Those who like everything before me, um, before. Minutes to Midnight and everyone who likes everything after Minutes to Midnight. And rarely do they cross. Very rarely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> with. Uh, I'm trying to find this song credits here. Okay. So they wrote everything together. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Um, a lot of the lyrics dealt with, uh, I guess, from from Chester's point of view. Uh, that he experienced growing up, including drug abuse, um, his parents' divorce, which a lot of people react to something like that differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess it, it all depends on the um, the context in which something like that happens. Mm-hmm. If there's a lot of fighting and abuse, uh, or if there's infidelity, or the most common reason is money. Yeah. So... Um, those were the, the common themes on this album and I really throughout, even, even with Lincoln Park changing their sound, it was still a common theme with their music going yeah. forward. Yeah. There was always a level of angst. Yeah. Know, as, as, as you have to let us know, like you get, you got your teenage angst out. <laughs> <laughs> um, because you know what it was it was like like this was before i got into like metal like screaming metal Mm -hmm. and it chester he would scream but you would still understand what he's saying and he'd like still be singing and not just (laughs) and not just sounding like a like i don't know like cookie monster yeah like a drunk cookie monster screaming or the the recent um rap goes 
or, or excuse me, punk goes crunk. Yeah, that's all pop punk goes compilations, whatever. It's just <laughs> screaming metal core screamo. It's just which don't get me wrong, I like that stuff, but it's got to be done right. <laughs> do you think that? What do you think of like Lincoln Park's connection to that genre, that subgenre, the screamo or the emo that was that was really got popular maybe like three four years later? I think. Well, because, I mean, it was always kind of bubbling under the scene, and I think it kind of helped. Because I think a lot of the emo and stuff that you see nowadays is like a, a hybrid, no pun intended, of new metal. That likes a lot of the screaming and the rhythmic um, sound that you got from new metal and punk. And I think there was a, there were like some punk elements, I think, in, um, in Linkin Park. And I think, like, I, I think it kind of helped. And just like they are, I shouldn't say punk elements, emo elements, just with the subject, with the subject matter. Cause that's what a lot of emo is about. Like everyone's like, oh, they whine a lot, but they're singing about stuff that's important to them. So, you know, it might seem like they're whining, but they're just like, this is what's on my mind. Although there was that one dude that really did whine that we knew at West Georgia, but we won't go in there. We won't go there. No. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I see some heavy influence there. Okay. Um, what did you think of, uh, let's see, I'm trying to, how, how do I phrase this question? Well, let, let's switch it up here. What's a, um, a, another song on the album that kind of stuck out to you as far as, um, or was there a song like you, like I, well, you said, it and I've said it, we thought that they would be like a one hit one would never hear from them again. Uh, was there a song on hybrid theory that made you think that they may have something more in store uh, as far as making any more music or, or being any, or being more successful than they already were Hmm. Out, outside of crawling, maybe and play. I'm trying to remember if this is the track I'm thinking of paper cut. Paper cut play that Had one. a really cool riff. The first track on the album. Yeah. No, that's not it. I'm. What's the song like "Beneath My Skin" or something like that? A place where my head. I think so. All right, this is paper cut. Yeah, it's not paper cut. Um. Yeah, it's place where my head. Yeah. When I heard that riff, I was like, okay, they might be more than just like that. Was a really good riff. I don't, I don't know what it was about that riff, but something just like when I heard that one, I was like, I think they're more than just because when I heard um, One Step Closer, I was like, I didn't like that riff. But then I heard this one and I was like, this is actually a pretty cool riff. And that made me think that they could be more than just, you know, One Step Closer. But I, but I mean, if I'm just being honest here, Crawling is what really made me respect them as songwriters because there was no riff to carry that song. There was no like, you know, like there was no intro like in the end to carry that song. It was just a straight, you know, like that's a song you could play. You could. And I guess this is, you know, I got mentioned my test. Can you play it on an instrument? Like, can I sit down and just like with my guitar? Can I play crawling and sing it? Can I sit down to a piano and just play crawling and sing it? That was one of those type of songs. But this was just a really cool riff. I love that beginning riff, and that made me think that it might be a little bit more than just crawling. I'm not crawling, then um, one step closer. All right. Um, well, Brandon, what about you? Is there a, um, what do you think of, of 
of this song in particular or if there was another song that that um well i know you you kind of you you were listening to hybrid theory after yeah, <laughs> you you, you kind of backtracked to listen to it but <laughs> is there anything that anything that you listen to to where um if you saw a certain direction they were going in or just something that you enjoyed as far as like oh this is this is where link this is where they started well it definitely a place for my head because that was on what soundtrack was that on it was on one of the tony hawk pro skater video games <laughs> tony hawk has some cool soundtracks man yeah that's right like their soundtracks from. were lit <laughs> yeah they were lit if that was a if that was a thing back then I'd have been playing it and saying that at the same time. <laughs> like, this game is lit. No, I, I, I'm but, down with you there. But yeah, like, but then like the in this entire album. Well, like, yeah, like before YouTube, like people used to make like uh, they used to make like music videos using like cartoons. Yeah, and they would put it up with rock music, and it was like I believe like the whole Hybrid Theory album is out there somewhere in some sort of anime music video form. <laughs> Well, I do know for a fact that um, Chris and Adam, well, I don't know if you know Adam, you know Chris, though, but they used to watch the anime vi- music video from my December in high school, just like but- on repeat, <laughs> they said. Um, I remember being yeah. very sad yeah. listening to my December. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that was, uh, well, no, in the last episode, we played the, the reanim- uh reanimation version um but you remember the the original album version um i really like the i don't know if that's considered synth drums or the electronic drums for that track i liked everything about that album honestly oh uh, the reanimation yeah the reanimation. <laughs> yeah i thought they did i thought they did one step closer the way it should have been done where you take out that riff and it just threw in like a kind of a deeper, heavier riff over the verses. Um, and then they didn't bring like they brought back the main riff, like in spurts, kind of a little bit, a little sparse. Um, the guest vocals from John Davis, of course, helped because um, I never really had an issue. I never had an issue with the guitar playing the rhythm form in the in the chorus. I didn't mind that at all. Um but they just like if you ever get a chance, check that out. It's really good. I just love the way that they did it. All right, um, like I mentioned in the last episode, the uh, what I feel like is the last successful remix album because <laughs> <laughs> it went platinum all on its own. Um, one thing that was, yeah. I found that was uh, interesting with um, with Hybrid Theory, well, the 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 name comes from they're combining all these different styles. Um, it was produced in 1999 as a nine track demo tape. And they went to different record companies and played 42 different showcases. And they were turned down by most major labels and several independent companies. Someone lost their job. Uh, and so, <laughs> so it was uh, Jeff blue who um, was the, um uh he was recommended by Chester Bennington's lawyer um to go to him and see if there was a band that he could basically like Jeff Blue um is a guy kind of facilitated Chester Bennington joining Lincoln Park. 
or or joining or joining the other guys and then they became Lincoln Park. Yeah. Um and basically they they got signed to Warner Brothers because of Jeff Blue um after he resigned from Zamba recordings and then began started working at Warner Brothers. So basically he seemed to be the only guy who believed in them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Usually that's all it takes. Like, and I, I just know someone, you know, I can just imagine the conversation in someone's office, like as they just walk into their office. And of course, back then people were using radios, turns up the radio <laughs> and like one step closer is playing. He's like, isn't this the band that uh, you went to a showcase for? It's like, yeah, that, why do you ask? Like, because this song's climbing the charts. Why didn't you sign them? The song's number one on the rock charts. Why didn't you sign them? Well, you know, I just, I, I, you know, there wasn't anyone screaming, you know? Like, <laughs> we already have Limp Biscuit or whoever it was. <laughs> yeah, and, then, and then this one guy starts rapping, and I'm just like, you know, that's for black people. And that's, that you know, will never work. <laughs> That'll never work. <laughs> there's, always, there's always that one guy who says that'll never work. That'll never that'll work. Never work. Rap? Let's go call Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. And <laughs> Rap over rock? Oh, who do they think they are? Run DMC? Come on, that's so eighties. Like, little did they know that "Walk This Way" song is is a novelty. Okay, mm-hmm. no one's doing that anymore. No one's doing that. <laughs> Next thing anymore. you know, he's standing mm-hmm. under a, a an overpass begging for food. <laughs> that's how it goes, you know, man. You know, Lincoln Park came to me first. Shut up, old timer. Like, Shut up, old timer. I was there. I was And then there. next thing next thing you know, he's being arrested for stabbing the homeless man. <laughs> oh, and it comes full circle. <laughs> oh the man. Creole the Creole kid was the first person that Lincoln Park went to. He never got over it. Never. Um, so yeah, uh, Hybrid Theory is actually the first name for the band. Yeah, but they had to change it. Mm. Um, I wonder why. Did someone else have the name? Well, there was a, an electronic music group called Hybrid that was going to file a lawsuit. Oh, stop it! Ah. Hybrid, come on, lame. Yeah, that was why Velvet Revolver had to change the no Audio Slave had to like buy the name from a band in Europe. Like they had to like shell out money. I bet they were like, "Yes, like we can stop recording that demo, guys. We made it." <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, they had a hard time finding a, a producer uh, for their debut album, so they ended up getting Don Gilmore, who ultimately agreed. Um, I haven't listened to the podcast yet, but Rolling Stone Music Now, mm-hmm. or let me sure I have the name right. Uh, Rolling Stone Music Now put out a podcast earlier this week with Don Gilmore and Machine Gun Kelly in which they discuss hybrid theory. Oh, okay. So, yeah, he was the exec producer on the album. And uh, they just re-recorded the songs um, for the the album. And it took them four weeks, it looks like. Uh, The only thing that really changed were Shinoda's uh, raps. Okay. <laughs> Everything else seemed mostly unchanged, and um, let's see. We'll see. 
at here. Uh, well, their their songs were meant to display everyday emotions. And he says about writing well, what Chester Banting said about uh, writing songs. He says it's easy to fall into that thing. Poor, poor me. That's where songs like crawling come from. I can't take myself. But that song is about taking responsibility for your actions. I don't say you at any point. It's about how I'm the reason that I feel this way. There's something inside me that pulls me down. Hmm. So hmm. a lot of uh, self-reflection, uh, dealing with feeling uh, isolated um, and how it's, um, you know, trying to find someone to turn to or trying to reach for something to improve how you're feeling or improve your situation, mm-hmm. you know, and to probably several million <laughs> teenagers in the world, you know, that was, that's something that, um, that would attract them to their music. Um, it's just how is what it did for, uh, a lot of people. Um, so, uh, I know I had another question. Man, just looking yeah. at their history, like one person doesn't believe in them. We don't get hybrid theory. Yeah. We we may we might not get this album, which they're saying was a half a decade's worth of work. Um and just basically put so I mean like it's probably just a culmination. So who knows how old the events in these songs are? Yeah, right. really. You know, it's not like something I'm going through right now. This is the shit I went through before. Um, and he sings like in crawling, like you feel it, man. Like you feel it. Yeah. Um, and really, you could say that with any song um, that Chester Bennington really sings on. Like, you know, you just think of breaking the habit. Like, you know, you you kind of feel it. I don't know what habit he's breaking. Um, and then to your point of him saying that, you know, I don't put this on anyone else. Same thing in breaking the habit. It's all me. I don't, you know, he's, you know, I'm breaking the habit. He doesn't say that you're screwing me up, man. You're giving me hat. Like he takes responsibility. Um, what I've done takes responsibility. there. That's exactly what I was about to say. What I've done. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting that that's how he kind of feels that he doesn't want to, you know, put his problems on anyone else. They're his own. Um, and I guess that th- this music was his therapy. Um, not to bring it down, but I guess maybe it just caught up with them. I mean, I don't know, really know, I guess, what the demons were. Um, but they caught up with them, you know? Um, I know that... Uh, I normally don't read the like critiques of a lot of albums only because of... Um, I think there's like not a there doesn't seem to be a lot of room for like context or to understand like how things were mm-hmm. created like how did this song come about it came from it comes from certain events that people you know write yeah. that way um, mm-hmm. they just listen to how it sounds and if they you know your your sensibilities as a as a music critic a lot of times have already been like predetermined mm-hmm. like how are you going to write about a genre that you don't no- listen to normally or that's so new like that yeah. you don't really quite understand. Like you know, yeah. before that, like what raging this machine, like like you just didn't really know what this what to make of it. You know, it's almost like the first time in um, semi pro that that dude throws an alley oop. They don't know how to defend <laughs> it. <laughs> they don't know what to do. 
It's like, you know, you get, you know, this album on your desk. Like, for, like they spelled Lincoln wrong. Okay. Well, <laughs> and there's a picture of a dude with wings. Okay. Holding the flag. All right. Let's listen to this. They're rapping. Like, They're rapping. It's it's rock music. Yeah. And this, they it's don't sound black. Samples. I mean, it's almost like um, <laughs> the first, to bring back another topic we talked about, when Organized Noise produced um, um, Southern Palestinian Cadillac music. Critics bombed it. They didn't know what to make of it. Yeah. They're like, like this when, is well, because they were because they're from the south and it yeah. didn't sound like what it didn't did. sound like East Coast rap. Mm-hmm. Classic boom bap. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know this. This you know what are you, what are you talking about? Like you know riding down. Like no, this isn't. We don't know this. It's what beginning is, to look a lot like what? <laughs> what is what is Bankhead? Yeah. What Atlanta? We talking about Cadillacs and like mm-hmm. no nah, man. We, <laughs> so like I I kind of get that. I mean, I'm looking at some of the reviews. We're not talking about Tim's. Anyway, um. <laughs> oh god, every time I see some Tim's. <laughs> but like, so like one one group that I do always respect is the All Music um, All Music Review, mm-hmm. um, and they gave it a pretty good rating. Some of the stuff they said was a little you know kind of backhanded compliments, but they gave it four out of five. Um, that's my thing, I guess. Just as far as like when it comes to finding a music reviewer that I trust. I typically, I found that my views typically align with all music. Like they will usually rate an album on its merits. Not, they don't compare it to something else. Like hybrid theory isn't tangled up in blue rolling stone. It's not supposed to be, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, our new music express. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not revolver. It's not rubber soul. It's not Led Zeppelin too. It's not, it's not these albums. Cause it's not supposed it's, to be that. That's why it's hard for me to trust any, like you'd like to read any, um, any critiques mm-hmm. of music because it's already been predetermined yeah. what what you like or what you think the good stuff is. Like on the scale of Radiohead to <laughs> to the Arctic Monkeys, this is neither. Like it's yeah. just. <laughs> <laughs> well, are we get into that. Like um, I don't know, I don't know if you've seen this on social media, Brandon, but I'm sure you may have seen it as well, Ben. But like when an album comes out and it's called classic like after about 15 minutes <laughs> like an instant classic i i swear good kid mad city re- attained a classic status probably like the moment like they put the plastic on it <laughs> <laughs> like oh it's a classic wait can i call it a classic yeah, can i call it a classic yeah, it's a classic um so yeah uh and I the think if J. Cole album. <laughs> yeah, Annie yeah, Annie J. Cole no is a classic. Oh God. <laughs> no features. Um, with no features. <laughs> yes. Um so uh like yeah, it's, it's hard to trust like um like Rolling Stone gave it a two and a half out of five. Mm-hmm. Um New Music Express New six music out of ten. Gave it six out of ten. All music gave it four out of five. Um, but yeah, if you're already considering, if you're already, you know, like, oh, this is this album by the Beatles or Bob Dylan or the Rolling Stones or, you know, those hipsters that will say like Velvet Underground or something. Um, <laughs> they reach that man does not impress me as much as they're, as they're supposed to. They just don't. I don't get it. That reminds me of, um, I think he was in the group. Uh, you remember the movie Adventureland? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Jesse Eisenberg's character is a big Lou Reed fan. I don't like him. 
And this is like in the late eighties mm-hmm. <laughs> where like hair metal is dominating. It's like, Oh, Lou Reed. It's such a, him and Metallica did hipster. an awful album together called Lulu. It was awful. <laughs> like I just, I I've never heard of that. Album. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> Save your ears, man. Um, but they said that, uh, who said that? Oh yeah, all music actually said Lincoln Park sounds like a Johnny Come Lately to an already overdone musical style. Yeah. So, so I feel like these are backhanded because so, then they gave it a four out of five. <laughs> like you already have your you already have your um your feelings about about new metal or rap mm-hmm. rock, rap metal, whatever it was gonna whatever you were you probably didn't even know what it was what it was. Yeah. You know, there was there was no name for it. Um and uh, uh, New Music Express, their writer said that otherwise, damn fine soaring emo crunchers like With You and A Place For My Head are pointlessly jazzed up with tokenistic scratching. Yeah. What does that mean? So to <laughs> me, that says they don't see the point in having a DJ in the band. Because um, there were several. So like I can think of at that time, um, Incubus had a DJ in their band. Still do. And um, That's DJ Earthquake. Right. I can't remember his name, but probably. And then Limp Biscuit had oh, their DJ. I had that wrong. One of so, our friends is a big Incubus fan. He would not be happy. <laughs> he would not be happy. <laughs> um, but so, I mean, like, it wasn't like a, you know, I think it was still kind of one of those things where it's just like. DJ Kilmore. Sorry. Why do you have a, <laughs> why do you have a DJ in your band? Like, you know, you don't need a DJ. Um, Yeah. No, I definitely think that. um the music, the and I guess if we're just talking about the genre, I don't think the genre was as understood because you did have bands like Corn, Static X being you know defined as new metal, Corn so far as as rap metal, even though there was no rapping on they their songs. They didn't really, they didn't really rap. No, the most rap thing about their songs really was the fact that they were from Bakersfield, so they're from the West Coast. They obviously, you know, as you see later in their career had an affinity for West Coast hip hop, um, love wearing the Adidas. Um, and then just, they had, you know, like Fieldy, I felt like was the most hip hop member really, but like they had like very rhythmic sound, hip hop sound to the music, but not the songs. Um, so much that like, you know, on follow the leader, you know, they had a song with far side. They had a song with ice cube. Um, they had a song with Fred Durst. So like, All right, even with their, uh, their song, Got the life. Yeah, he had Dub C See, in it. <laughs> yeah, he had Dub C in there doing get your boogie on and crip walking in the video. So it's like their music. Wow, you know, it's funny. Dub C. I read that that song, um, thank you, genius, was um, supposed was based on a disco beat. The beginning of it was based on a disco beat, and it was supposed to be about how people were trying to copy their style at the time. Hmm. And then I heard about it, and he had like the the kind of like the symbol. The hi hat symbol. It's like yeah, that totally has a disco <laughs> beat. Um, and Fieldy, who played a bass with his strings solo, that bass players I've played with used to make the joke like, like why don't you play like that? Like oh, I actually play bass. Like they would make that joke. <laughs> like he's trying to play slap on a five string bass with the bass tuned down to match this, their seven string guitar. That band was just all sorts of weird for its time back then. I think people just didn't get rap rock honestly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, even with that, uh, other bands that looked like they were included in this were um, Slipknot, 
Seven Dust. Well, as a new metal band, I yeah, guess. Yeah, his own Seven Dust. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, oh, yeah, and, I, and looking at this article, I see a picture of Aaron Lewis <laughs> from Stained, <laughs> um, who may have been even uh, more depressing than Lincoln Park. Well, he turned out to be a tea partier, so I'm not really down with him anymore. Oh, okay. All right, we can leave Aaron Lewis alone. Yeah, he did country. Like Figures. rebel rebel country. Like he tried yeah. to do like um That makes sense actually. He tried to be like, you know, a Willie Nelson without the talent. And like <laughs> it was just like the song was bad and, and towards like the the last verse, he starts singing about not treading on him <laughs> and he shows like the flag, the tea party flag with the rattlesnake, don't tread on me, and I'm just like, Turn off. <laughs> no thanks. Um So with this uh with this album, I guess, what do you, what do you think it's, uh, I'll start with you, Brandon. What do you think like the lasting mm-hmm. legacy is of it? Like, what do you think it represents? Do you think it just re- represents a moment in time or how do you think it represents Lincoln Park as a whole? Hmm. I would say part of me wants to say like, it's a moment in time, but like, I feel like that's kind of whack because they were still putting up out, putting out albums up until Chester's death, mm-hmm. even though they weren't as as popular, but yeah, it had like it had to be a moment in time, especially for like the twenty something, well, early thirties crowd now, because that was the soundtrack for a lot of people. Like like the whole hybrid hybrid theory and Meteora era, with with them, POD, Papa Roach. <laughs> Who else was there? Lent Biscuit. Trapped. Trapped. <laughs> or trapped. Oh, <laughs> oh God. This is so like it also like memories. it also makes you think like how there's like are there really like like are there like like that many bands around anymore? Like that are like that were that popular. You know what? It's interesting you mentioned that because just a week or two ago I read that hip hop has finally overtaken rock music as America's most popular genre and I think that'd be a very interesting topic mm. to talk about like basically what has been like people have been saying for the longest rock and roll is dead it really might be now yeah. it might be like you only see it you know when bands like Fuel are you know playing dive bars in Buford <laughs> for 20 bucks <laughs> like I think like the only like rock band like new rock band music I've been looking forward to in the last Say even like ten years or Foo Fighter records. Yeah, yeah. Like I think if Lincoln Park was popular as they were back then, right now, there might have been discussions about them playing the Super Bowl. Yeah, as big as they would have been. Yeah. But like that, you know, the Bill Simmons episode I listened to. There are no rock bands right now that are big enough to play the Super Bowl. That are I would the only the, the age only, of sixty. The <laughs> the only band I think of is like the Foo Fighters. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just because of that their popularity in Europe. I don't know how big they're in Asia, but like I know they're big yeah. in Europe. They're big here. Um, so yeah, maybe they could, but I don't know if he would. I mean, that'd be. No. I think that would be the last thing for him to do, like <laughs> play drums. You know, be a part True. of a revolutionary band. Check. <laughs> you know, make your own band that's kind of just as successful with a long career. Check. 
It's like have I know, Prince say he likes you. Check. check. Have Prince play one of your songs when he check. plays at the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> as a as a tribute to you for covering him. Like it's just like he's he's checked all of these things off. And it's just I guess like, you know, the only other things I can think of maybe it's like album of the year, record of the year, song of the year, and the Super Bowl. Like that would yeah. And then it's just like you have to ask, like, is he the most accomplished musician of all time at that point? You know, it's just like yeah. And what's interesting is like the what would be like who would be the second rock band after the Foo Fighters? I think the drop off would go to like Imagine Dragons, and <laughs> I have no idea what they look like. I have not seen a picture of them. They look like <laughs> I have hipsters. no idea what they look like. They look like your standard like. No, we'll see the hipsters. The, the hipsters pick would be like the Black Keys. They look like or whatever band Jack White is doing right now. <laughs> Imagine Dragons look like Macklemore with a beard. I think that's what the lead singer looks like. Macklemore so they all the have the Gordon Hayward haircut? Yes. <laughs> yep. With beards. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, like, I don't even know if they're a band anymore. Like, they just, it's, like, it's, like, all electronic, you know? Which is cool, but, like, it's just funny, you know? Um, They, uh, well, back to, well, with uh, Hybrid Theory, I didn't know if it won any awards or was it nominated for anything. It was nominated. At the Grammys, yeah. it won Best Hard Rock Performance for Crawling. And it, they were also nominated for Best New Artist, which they did not win, fortunately, yeah. I guess. And um, they also were nominated for Best Rock Album. They lost to Alicia Keys for Best New Artist. And they lost to All That You Can't Leave Behind by U2. Who didn't lose to U2, man? They were just... <laughs> Yeah, they were just out there just ruining people's. <laughs> <laughs> they were Michael Jordaning people. <laughs> it's like, oh, you two's with nominated. Okay, well, I'm not going to the ceremony. Yeah, I'm not gonna win. <laughs> Why? I'm not gonna win. What is the point? You ever seen him lose? Like, <laughs> um, and I think that with this, with this album, it's um, yeah, I just remember like a lot of my, um. A lot of people that I knew from from high school that wore Jinkos with uh, soccer jerseys. I saw that a lot, <laughs> and I just felt like that was the Lincoln Park look. Or wearing the didn't they wear like Dickies jumpsuits too? I don't know if they did that. that that's very West Coast, which they are from the West Coast, but I don't yeah. think they, I don't think they were that West Coast. <laughs> I think they did, or at least Mike Shinoda did. <laughs> you know he might have because oh god it was bright red I'm looking at pictures from the video so red was yeah. his hair I think there's a picture where they did a show um, uh, like last year or so to where he had on a wig that was the bright red like his hair used to be <laughs> just like <laughs> so I figured they were doing a song from Hybrid Theory on there with the smoke with the dry ice smoke <laughs> yeah they were wow um and uh, this album is also uh, some other honors that it had. Um, it was listed on the in the book "A Thousand and One Albums You Must Hear Before You Die," and it's also ranked number eleven on Billboard's two hundred albums of the decade. Okay. And, oh yeah, yeah, it did make that list deservedly. So, yeah. Um, and to me, the the yeah the the lasting legacy is is of you know this is, um. I don't want to say it's like teen angst music for beginners, <laughs> but um, it would definitely be, I guess it, it's one that would be important. Um, you know, it, this, this is probably an album that got people through 
certain times in their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, it was also for the, uh, yeah, it was for people going through certain times in their lives. And, and the reason why, why Brandon, I wanted to have you on for this particular album, uh, mm-hmm. there was a Facebook status I saw you post to where um, uh, Linkin Park was the kind of artist, I guess it was for like the black kids who didn't, uh, who listened to something besides hip hop. It oh, was yeah. something along those lines. It was like, it's like we were like, we were like those kids who weren't like, it's like we live, we live in this neighborhood where all this stuff is going on, but we are not like a part of it. Mm-hmm. Like we just live here and like, yeah, we like rap too, but we skateboard, we play video games, we draw, we want to be film directors and stuff like that. So it was like, it was like a place where we could like, you could place that ink somewhere where you don't have to scream nigga over and over again. <laughs> if that makes sense. That should have been the Facebook status. <laughs> uh Oh man, it would be funny if, if like if Mike Shinoda like snuck one in there. <laughs> um, and like it's like in reverse behind a scratch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <I got. laughs> um. But yeah, I I think that's you know it's part of its its legacy too for those who don't feel like they don't fit in or going through things personally and not sure how to express it. Um, I think hybrid theory came along at a perfect time and I guess it's so important to some people that you know Ben and I have talked about this a few times to where fans haven't really moved on from it they really haven't gotten over it mm-hmm. um, and Linkin Park told them to <laughs> like, Linkin Park like we're doing other things we're you doing know? other stuff now <laughs> you know um, but you know, we're so like we, we we make the joke about like they haven't gotten beyond hybrid theory. Mm-hmm. Like, was Meteora? Were people mad about Meteora too? That was the that was the next one. I mean, maybe they saw the direction they were going in in Meteora. They were like, ah, oh, man, this isn't hybrid theory. Well, I mean, so what? Like, that's you expect <laughs> like, them to I, just I make hybrid theory remember, too. <laughs> I do remember people being upset when Minutes to Midnight came out. Oh, people were. I have friends who don't listen to it. They won't, even though like giving up, I think is kind of a throwback to old Lincoln Park. And I think Bleed It Out is also a throwback because he raps, Chester sings. Um, but I think like, you know, Leave Out All the Rest, What I've Done, things, songs like that. They're just like, that's not Lincoln Park. I'm like, well, to them it is. Like they, it's what they wanted to do. You can't expect them to make, all right, guys, we released Habit Theory 2. All right, guys, release Hyper Theory Three. <laughs> like, like that's a similar thing I have with like other childish Gambino fans. Like, yeah. they want him to go back to like rapping about his penis over all the time. <laughs> like, wait, which one was that? Like anything before, be- anything before because the internet. <laughs> so they want to like rap like he did on like Sick Boy or Boy Dexter. Those mixtapes, well, like stuff like that too. <laughs> Like you realize, like, like people move on from stuff. Like, yeah, like, do. You, do, do you, are you still doing the same things you did five years ago? They probably are, though. That's the thing. Some of those people are. <laughs> that is horrible. <laughs> they never leave. Nostalgia. Nostalgia is a hell of a drug. Uh, um, um, imagine that now, Brandon. If Charles Gambino went back to 
how he rapped on like Sick Boy. One, he had like, to be really nasal because he was trying to sound like nasal. Lil Wayne, mm. very nasally. And two, rapping about uh, his hoodie. His oh, hoodie, God. which is a lightsaber, which I never we, understood. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I went with it's, it. What? Uh, uh, anyone listening, you can go on YouTube or just search for Childish Gambino Sick Boy mixtape. Um, it's the earliest one that anyone has access to because the one he came out before that he is disowned. I want to hear so it. There's that, nothing that. else out there. The the one he came out before that is called like the younger I get. Mm-hmm. And he said he sounded like a, a decrepit Drake. <laughs> so I don't know if he was trying to sing or anything like that, but it's, I don't know if anyone has that one. So then I wonder what he was going for at the time, because we didn't know who Drake was back then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like they didn't. I, I feel like it's it's partly that hybrid theory is in a moment in time, mm-hmm. um, because that there was just an explosion of that rap rock uh, of that sound with Corn and Limp Biscuit and P.O.D. and Papa Roach. Um, if you remember Head P.E., I do. Um, I liked Head P.E. Uh, and Incubus was kind of lumped in there too, I think, a little bit. I think, yeah, just only because they had, they had a, a DJ, DJ in their band. Yeah. Yeah. Which they talk about how they've gotten different. <laughs> 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 I mean, they're not even, you wouldn't even recognize them anymore. No. They have aged clearly. Cut their dreads. <laughs> <laughs> they're just like, yeah, man, we don't do that no more. <laughs> um, oh, wow. They made a reference to edema here. Anyway, oh uh, god, the lead singer <laughs> that was their claim to fame. The lead singer was John Davis's cousin, that was their claim to fame. Okay, so that's like audio vent. Uh, remember them? Yes, they were all the cousins of Incubus, right? Well, the lead they singer the was guitar. Brandon Boyd, and the and the guitar player were the brothers of the guitar player and lead singer of yeah. Incubus. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, like can just... I can hear them being like introduced as that. <laughs> <laughs> who likes Incubus yeah well we've got their brothers <laughs> oh man um, so uh, yeah that will that will do it for our conversation about hybrid theory um, it's a uh, yeah it's it's a moment in time that um, I think we'll reflect on even more fondly as time goes on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh but uh i do not um i do not miss the jinkos or the wallet chains and bro i still wear wallet chains man what you don't miss (laughs) (laughs) um and i never wore vans so uh (laughs) uh so we'll get to my uh earworm of the week uh this is a band i thought was a one-hit wonder for sure but they came out with a song that I actually uh it's 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 not that bad. Uh, well, I like it. It's on it's on this list here. Um it is uh, Echo Smith. Oh wow. And they came out with a song um their next their upcoming well they just came out with their album last month called Inside a Dream and their lead single is called Goodbye. And um it uh, includes more of their, I think they had kind of an 80s influence here for this uh, with an acoustic guitar. Um, 
and uh, it is on the infamous We Lit playlist. We Lit. And uh, once I can queue up the song, we'll play it. So this is Goodbye by Echo Smith uh, from their album Inside a Dream, and we will be right back. Okay, not yet, but we will eventually be right back. And we're going to pull up the song, cue it up, and we're going to play it. And not that song either. We just played that. <laughs> All right. Is it bad whenever I hear something called Something Something Dream, I think of this unreleased Ralph Tresman album? <laughs> Living a dream. Oh, man. Um,. I think I yeah, I'm gonna I may start like a campaign to like get that album. You could probably write him to see if he has tracks. Yeah. Release the master. Yeah. <laughs> get Liam Neeson to say it, like release the masters. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so okay, now I have it. This is Goodbye by Echo Smith. Is goodbye by Echo Smith. That is good. <laughs> That's really good. I looked up the producer. It's Mike Elizondo, who's done. So he was a hip. He was a he's a hip hop producer that did a lot of stuff with Dr. Dre and Eminem. But he also okay. ventured uh, out into other stuff like Event Sevenfold, um, Mastodon, um, and I guess now this album. I think he did some stuff with Nelly Furtado. He's a bass player too, though. So like I think hmm. he, if I remember correctly, he played on Whoa Nelly. Okay. Um, and a few other things, but he's I, I've liked almost everything he's ever done. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I don't um, know, has Curl of the Burl been one of my earworms? Who? Curl of the Burl by Mastodon. Because if so, he produced that track. He produced that entire album by Mastodon at Doppler Studios in Atlanta. Shout out to Atlanta. I feel like that was. Or that was on our um, Atlanta Because 5. I think so, yeah. But yeah, he he's... Mike Alexander's pretty solid. And I'm adding that song to my version of my Wee Lit playlist. <laughs> which is just called Starred. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Um, that uh, that song is also added to the BTTYHT Earworms playlist, which you can find on Spotify. Sponsor us. And uh, you can listen to that right now. While, uh, uh, thanks, thanks. Solidarity, man. Solidarity. Uh, and while uh, Ben continues to campaign to get Hot Rod Hearts reinstated. Do I have to fly to Sweden? <laughs> <laughs> With Robbie Dupree in my back pocket. All right, so um, uh, that'll bring us to the end of the show. Uh, we always ask our guests, Brandon, uh, if you want to be found, uh, where can people find you? Uh, I can be found on Twitter and Instagram at father underscore clef. All right. And that's where you can find me. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm hanging out. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I didn't ask you before. Uh, I wasn't sure what the state of the of the website was going to be, but um, are you still on like SoundCloud, or have you moved to? A I different... am still on SoundCloud. Why? Because I okay. saved. I, I forget. <laughs> I have it sometimes. But yes, I am still there. Also, as Father Clef. All right. And uh, even though mm-hmm. even though the picture says Hawk Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, uh, Ben, where can we be found? We can be found in the trap. It's going down. No, I'm kidding. So you can find us at, I just, I don't, I, I like throwing stuff like that in there. Shout out to Young Jock. He's, he's on Love and Hip Hop. Right? I don't know that why that reminded me of the story that I, um, I don't know if I started the, no, I didn't even mention it. So I was driving Uber last night. Speaking of another, Jock, another, baby. no, okay. not Young Jock. Um, <laughs> The, this this rapper has very distinctive hair. It was actually Lil Yachty that I st- saw at a stoplight. Oh, snap. For real? Oh, wow. Yeah. Isn't he from Mableton? I think I read or something. I think so. That's funny. He was driving a um, a two-door Bentley convertible. Those are pretty popular nowadays. It's funny. So, like, the Bentleys have gone two-door and the Maseratis have gone four. Like, what's the world coming to? Yeah, Maseratis Why? and Porsches. I don't know. Don't ask me. I wouldn't buy it, but I'm just saying, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's reverse. I, you don't think about that, like, do I, like, why would you make a four door car? Like, that's not meant for, like, a exactly. bunch of people to run a bunch car of with you. It's like, honey, we need a family car. Well, let's get a Porsche, but they're only two door. Not anymore. Like, coming this fall. That's the commercial. <laughs> coming this family Porsche. Yeah, and it's like a middle class dude who, like, you know, who works at the factory and he's got a Porsche for his family. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. Okay, but you can find us <laughs> at by the time you hear this dot com, our website. Um, episodes are posted there when we make them. Blog style. So if you want to comment, leave us a message. Um, tell us you like the show. Tell us you hate the show. Just tell us you listen to the show. I mean, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you can also find us on Facebook dot com slash by the time you hear this. Uh, both spelled with the word U Y O U. Um, if you want to find us on the fancier. Instagrams. Try to roll my R there. 
Um, you can find us at By the Time You Hear This, spelled with the letter U, because we're upstanding. Yes, we are. For however long he stays, I mean, um, and <laughs> <laughs> if you want to email us, same spelling at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on, as far as listening, you can find us on Podomatic, you can find us on iTunes, um, Podcast, Thingy and Majigger. If you got just if you got an iPhone, just click on the thing that looks like an antenna, and you'll find us. It's, it's the podcast thing. Um, if you want to find us on Android, however, m- many ways you can find us on Castbox, Auto Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Play. Um, I believe that's all, though. Yeah. Oh, um, Satchel Podcast Player as well, which is also cool because you can find podcasts in your area. Yep. yep, 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 yep. All right. So that will do it for our show. Brandon, thank you for joining us. Yes, yes. Thank you guys for having me as always. Yeah, so uh, it's always a good time to hang out with you guys. <laughs> uh, so we can end the show with, you know, Brandon, we'll have you pick a song oh. from Hybrid Theory uh, that we can end the show with. Oh, my. Um, hmm. What have we played already? We've played, played Points of Authority, uh, In the End, Paper Cut, and A Place for My Head. Let's go crawling. Crawling. All right. So we'll end the show with Crawling by the Lincoln Parks (laughs) 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 from, of course, the album Hybrid Theory. That's going to do it for our show. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Peace. 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 Way before, so.